This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. Hi, this is Kwame Kusatsu. I play Admiral Nakamura on Star Trek Next Generation and welcome you all to Trek FM. T.L. Grey Hot. Welcome to another cup of Earl Grey, Trek FM's dedicated podcast to the next generation. I am your host, Amy Nelson, and joined with me today is the wonderful Joe Keegan and the amazing Justin Ozer. Well, Joe, how are you today? I'm really good. I'm having a good day. Good. I'm wearing a nice cozy jumper. I have been out for my mum's 63rd birthday today, which was nice. Oh. We had a wee family lunch. Tell your mum happy birthday. Yes, I thought I'd give her a bit of a shout yes. out um, and make, <laughs> yes. her li- make her listen to this episode. Um, her name is Marion and it was her 63rd birthday today. So happy birthday, mum. Oh, happy birthday. I have an Aunt Marion. Do you? M-A-R-I-O-N. M A, yeah. Okay, cool. It's kind of an unusual spelling. Okay, and I wanted to tell you something. Um, I am very excited because tomorrow I'm going to test drive a Tesla. Oh. You are? Why? Are you going to buy one? I'm kind of half thinking about it. um, Wow. Because I spend like a ridiculous amount of money, like $130, $140 equivalent on fuel a week. A week? Yeah, wow. you do. Well, our, That's a lot. I do a lot of driving, but our fuel is something like three, four times more expensive than you guys mm. on average. Right. So it's super annoying. Even and when you convert car- from liters to gallons? Oh, yeah, it's probably worse That's then, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. Is that my carbon footprint is just going to be I'm the single-handed mm. cause of climate change, I'm sure. So I want to test drive it. But they sent me an email okay. confirmation earlier to say... Um, you've got a 40 minute test drive with it and it's unaccompanied oh. and I'm oh. like I have to drive all the way to Edinburgh the capital because there's only one Tesla <laughs> showroom in Scotland and they're just I don't even know I don't even know the city so I have to drive myself in wow. a super powerful electric car um, I'm going to crash cool. it we'll be safe I'm out very there. excited <laughs> to I'm, see some pictures I'm so excited but terrified also yeah. yeah, they're very nice. I, I don't have one myself, but uh, uh, one of my coworkers does when I go to the, the office in California, and uh, it's super nice. Yeah. Very nice ride. Yeah. Can't wait. Well, Justin, mm-hmm. hello. Hi, Amy. Uh, so Hi. great to be here again for Earl Grey. I mean, if we were talking about it before we started recording, but we're buzzing a little bit about the Short Trek Children of Mars, which ties into Star Trek Picard, and which I absolutely loved, and which, oh, I might as well give a plug here. Uh, 
it's been released before this will come out, but uh, we'll be talking about that on the Line Main Show. So uh, with Christy DeClercq-Zologgi and Brandon Shamatala, and we did a really in-depth analysis on this short episode. But I was just so excited about that. And when this episode comes out, it'll be just a couple of days until the first episode of Picard. It's it's really happening. So it's just so exciting. I know. I'm going to go to a watch party on Thursday nice. and then another one on Friday. Nice. So I'm definitely going to get my Picard yeah, and Picardi I, and on. Picardi, yeah. That's from Rhea. Every time anybody mentions the word Picard, my heart rate increases ever so slightly. Does it? It's like Picard, just through Picard, sheer Picard, 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 Picard. Like 500 beats per minute, my heart beats out the chest. Um, so yeah, it's quite exciting. But it's literally, we don't have any Star trek friends mirrors so it will literally be us well you and you and can at least watch it yeah we'll have our own little picardy yeah but you know the cool thing is is that there's social media oh yeah yeah and it's you know absolutely changed the way but there's also nothing like watching it with people in person and you know like for for my wife rosie and i for all the discovery stuff we've we've just seen it like by ourselves but picard is like enough of a special occasion my wife is a big enough fan of picard the character that we did invite people to come over we'll see maybe it'll only be a couple people but it, mm-hmm. it will be such an interesting experience just to kind of see something for the first time like that with other people and see their reactions so yeah you have to be careful who Exciting. you invite though for a, your picardy is it picardy or picardy Picardy, like like party ty. Yeah, Yeah. I got the I got the mashup, Um, (laughs) but I think you don't invite people that eat noisily if you've got snacks out, Mm. or talk and ask questions. Don't interrupt my viewing. You know, in in uh, in an uh, era. In an era when you can just rewatch it as many times as you want, even if you miss stuff, you can rewatch it after they've gone home. So you know. I think I'd have to watch it first myself and then invite people over. um, Ah, but then you won't get the same reaction. See, like, I I know it'll probably be available, like, if they're doing it like they've been doing the short tracks, which have been available, like, (laughs) pretty early in the day, I would maybe be able to watch it before, but I'm not going to even if it's available before the evening because I just want that experience of, like, being there for the first time with my wife and some other people to to see what unfolds. So, anyway, very exciting and... Since this comes out a couple days before uh, the first episode, tell us, listeners, about how you're going to watch the Picard premiere. Because it is like, it's going to be like a big event for <laughs> for Star Trek fans, for sure. Yeah. Yes. All right. All right. Well, we have some Babel Conference feedback for Earl Grey episode 305, Half a Life, where we had Christian Alonzo on as a guest. So, Justin, why don't you start us off? Uh, yeah, so Vera Bible says, this is one of my absolute favorite episodes of Star Trek. David Ogden Stiers brings such a quiet dignity to his role, and I think it balances nicely with Loxana's high-spiritedness. Christian Alonzo, so excited to hear you on this episode. Yeah, couldn't agree more. It's a fantastic episode, and Christian did such a great job guesting on Earl Grey. I did have a chance to listen to that, and it was a really, really great discussion. Yeah, thanks, Vera. Um, I didn't realize who... and. Justin, I didn't realize how you say David Ogden Steyer's surname until now. I'd been saying Steers. I, I actually said it incorrectly for a while, and then I, I heard a little bit more, uh, I think, after he passed away, and I was like, I think it's Steyer's, yeah. Okay, so now I know how um, they say his surname. <laughs> I didn't know he died um, almost two years ago mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah. I realized today, 
I, I, why I know him? Because he played Oberoth, one of the humanoid replicators in Stargate Atlantis, oh, which I'm a huge, huge fan of. It's my number two yeah. sci-fi franchise, Stargate. Yeah, I actually know him. Knew him first actually from Mash, where he played right, Charles Emerson Winchester the Third, which is a the fantastic third. character on Mash. It is. Yeah. 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 Michael Bentley says, my favorite Loxana episode, Majel and David Ogden Styers were amazing and heartbreaking. That almost but not quite heartbreak emoji. Yeah, when when he's when he's saying what they have together was almost enough to to really go all the way and and break with his society, but not quite. And that is just a heartbreaking line because you can feel he's like, I want to, but there's this other thing that outweighs it just a little bit, like just a little mm-hmm. bit. So that's a great moment. It should have been enough, though. Yeah. If he was being sensible, it would have been enough. She's a lovely <laughs> woman, Loxana, and he lost her. Hey. Terrible decision. Terribly difficult decision, I mean. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Kimberly Lawler writes, nice job guest hosting Christian Alonzo. Half a life tackles a difficult subject and you guys did such a nice job of discussing it. Really appreciated all the personal reflections and thoughts on this. I strongly agreed with Luaxana's arguments against the resolution, but the episode did a fair job presenting the converse arguments too. Although I agree with Joe, Timison's society pretty much went from A to B to Z it was way too far a leap of logic. The fact that Luaxana joins Timison at the end is very powerful. Not sure I could or would do that, but I do respect her decision. For me, Luaxana's most moving episode is Dark Page, but this one is powerful too and definitely marked a shift in how I saw her character. Well, Kimberly, thank you for writing in. And there definitely was a big jump of logic. And, you know, when Joe said that, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a way too big of a jump. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. But also, it's been something that's been a tradition in their society. And sometimes the exact reasons that those things came up get a little muddled after time, or mm-hmm. it's maybe not a logical thing, right? But that's just what they do. Yeah. Quite interesting. Okay. We have uh, next. Some feedback from Earl Grey episode 306, and this was the high culture in TNG with our guest Duncan Barrett of Primitive Culture. And our amazing Justin? singing. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I have to say, so this is one I ha- I've had a chance to listen to since we were together last time because it's actually come out, and I really enjoyed it. You guys did a great job with that episode, and Duncan... <laughs> did a great job as well yes he always does it's one of the only real times in life where singing actually causes me physical pain to listen to Mm. it Hmm. because it's so bad but you need your pain right true yeah (laughs) yeah yeah no but it, it the whole thing was just delightful so we have michael bentley who says love this episode as someone with a deep love of visual art literature and classical music it was good to be reminded of how high culture tng could be I also found it fascinating how Duncan contrasted it with later Trek series in this regard and connected it with TNG's utopianism, as well as Star Trek's obsession, in a good way, with what it means to be human. As for Picard, I think one of the reasons I love him is that he connects this imaginary future with a deep past and with my own personal interests in the present, so I can connect with him even more than most Star Trek characters, though his cultural knowledge is far deeper and wider than mine is, especially of Shakespeare. 
And in First Contact, the music he's listening to is from Berlioz's Grand Mass of the Dead, appropriate for the dark thoughts he is clearly having, as well as another deep expression of humanity at a moment when the whole human race and its culture may be on the verge of being wiped out by the Borg. I think Picard's cultured, enlightened, and ethical character is largely why his return in the new series feels so important now that we are living in a dark and uncertain time. Also thought Amy and Joe's posh English accents at the end were hilarious. I'm English myself, and it's always great to hear Trek FM podcasters imitating Picard. Of course, we know he's really not French, don't we? Sorry for the very long comment, but many thanks to all involved for a fascinating episode. So thank you, Michael. I actually didn't even read your entire comment because there was, there was quite a bit there, but we do really appreciate the in-depth, uh, thoughtful response. And glad that you um, enjoyed the episode so much. And I really enjoyed the, the English accents at the end that that had me laughing quite a bit guys when you were when you were doing that yeah like completely unplanned unscripted i don't actually know where that decision of mine came from to do that but it seemed that's to work what's great sometimes about podcasting see like listeners we have an outline and we know we're going to talk about these things but we don't really know where it's going to go or the surprising things that happen that's mm. those are some of the really great moments right i think i was channeling my inner sort of Ian McKellen at that point Oh, I see. Mm. Yeah, going about Gandalf. <laughs> so, yeah, I really like Michael's comment about um, us living in dark times at the moment with, like, think of the Australian wildfires, think about what's happening in Iran at the moment. Times are definitely dark. And I think that's, it, I think he's hit the nail on the head about why it's important that Picard's coming back because he was our, he was our moral compass, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think from what we can tell, that show is about kind of a federation that's lost its way or disillusioned him in some way. And he's going to, some circumstances going to come up where he's going to kind of be able to, to fight for that once again. So that'll be super interesting to see. Paloma Bennett says, I love how literary TNG is through the use of Sherlock Holmes, Shakespeare and Dickens in different episodes. Thank you, Paloma. I think I can speak for all of us when I say that we also love how literary TNG is, um, and that's why we we talk about this stuff. Yeah, I love all the references to different literature and arts. You guys covered just like such a wide array of things, and it made me think I knew it was kind of high culture, but wow, like all the different references and the variety of things, even to like the life drawing class, right? And like, yeah, would you have that on any other show? it's in Star Trek? Probably not. (laughs) Yeah. I was so surprised when I was, you know, creating the outline and just all the things Mm -hmm. I like had to clump them into categories, you know, visual arts, performing arts, because there was so many different types. And I was like, Mm -hmm. well, I'll just mention this one. Oh, there's this one. (laughs) Right. You know, I was like, okay, let's lump them into categories. And so I was really surprised at how many examples there are in TNG compared to the other series. I was hosting um, that one. So I wanted to kind of make sure that when I was doing my prep, I had kind of all my talking points down. But when I started to research it, like the classical music, there's some like 20 different composers used throughout yeah. the 179 episodes. And then all the artworks that are mentioned and literature, literary figures. It, it could have been like a whole series of um, podcasts yeah. that we did on it. Um, For sure. So yeah, it was huge. Yeah. Okay, well, let's get to our main discussion for today. And very excited to talk about deleted scenes for season five. Now, before I turn this over to Justin, Uh I do have to send a huge shout out to our associate producer, Chris Trebizio, who saved the day. Not even kidding. So listeners, I was 
putting in the discs and watching the deleted scenes and I get to the very last disc and it just wasn't coming out of those stupid darn little <laughs> clicks, you know? Yeah. And I took it out and crack. Mm. It broke in half. I was, my heart sunk. I was on the floor about ready to cry. Oh. I mean, oh. And I tweeted it because <laughs> I was so sad. And then lovely Chris messaged me. He was like, well, let's just get you. I see it on Amazon. And he uh, ordered me the season five. It came the next day. I was able to finish my research. So I am prepared for today. So thank you, Chris Trebuzio, for saving the day. Yeah, thank you, Chris. That's above and beyond. Uh, my car is really old, and I'm test driving <laughs> a Tesla tomorrow. So if you've got any like spare £60,000, then that's somewhat amazing. Please send it my way. Thank you. Yeah, that that would be a bit more costly than, <laughs> than a Blu-ray. A Blu-ray. I know, I know. I was kind of pushing his kindness there, I think. Yes. That's hilarious. But yes, thank you. Thank you, Chris. This allows us to to do this today. And I have to also say, like, as I was going through the uh, the episodes and the discs, I hope that I got everything and watched everything. So you have to tell me if I if I missed anything, because like some of them, there's multiple scenes and it'll stop mm. with the credits and I'll be like, oh, it's a, oh, wait, no, there's another one. <laughs> oh, wait, no, there's another one. I have to wait for it to like. And I hope I did yeah. that every time. But anyway, I forgot how annoying physical media is. See, having yes. all the Star Trek on Netflix and just going click. I know, and you can boom, be like, done. Dit, dit. I know, it takes a little bit longer because you have to put it in. Maybe there's some like intro menus you have to get past, choose the language. But I mean, on the other hand, you get to see this bonus content that isn't streaming. So mm, that's good. True. And the quality is actually somewhat better than what you can see on streaming. But still, yeah, it, it does take a it does require a bit more patience, doesn't it? And things can break mm-hmm. like you found. And Amy. getting out of your seat. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, oh, that's my nice. goodness. <laughs> Let's not discount uh, that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, where is our automated assistant that could put that disc in there for you while you're on the couch? Um, it's like we're le- going to be living in the Wally. On a Wally spaceship. I think I need some synths. Oh, was oh, that a, a little uh, some Children of Mars reference Children there? Children of Mars, yeah. Very good, very good. <laughs> well, so yeah, we're going to talk about season five for deleted scenes. Uh, so this is exciting to continue our series and get into episodes for season five, which I think is one of the best uh, seasons of, of TNG. So should we get right into it with the first episode? Yeah, sure. All right. So let's talk about the episode New Ground. So in this episode, I think this was one of the ones where Worf's kind of trying to deal with Alexander and what he should do with him, right? And so um, in the the deleted scene, so as I think we've mentioned before, sometimes for this it shows you what was part of the actual episode and you can see that in HD and then you'll see something a little bit lower quality that'll that's the deleted scene. So it kind of starts with the the scene that we know, which is Picard's talking at a meeting in the observation lounge. There's this other thing going on with this soliton wave and what they're going to do with it, and they decide what to do and like meeting adjourned. But then in the the deleted scene, uh, I think he asks Worf to be there, and and or or Worf starts talking to Picard about what's going on, right? Um, and he's kind of Worf is acknowledging that he's been distracted. He hasn't performed his duties well while all of these things are going on with, with Alexander. Um, Picard tells him he hasn't actually been dissatisfied with his performance, but Worf says he himself has been dissatisfied and he'll take some steps to remedy it. 
Um, so Picard then says that living with Alexander is on a ship like this is not necessarily part of the Klingon tradition, but he's met you know, many challenges that may have been at odds with his heritage. And Worf basically says thank you, and then it goes back to the episode. So it's kind of like this short little uh, conversation that maybe adds a little bit to what's going on between Worf and Picard in the episode. But let's do like we have for other ones, thoughts on it and whether it would have been good to keep it in. So, Amy? Yeah, you know, I like this because it's Worf reaching out. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, for Worf to ask for any type of advice, it just doesn't come natural to him, right? So I like seeing it and I would want to keep that in just to, you know, again, have that conversation that he has with Picard but the fact that he's asking for mm -hmm. advice. Okay. Joe, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with Amy. I think I liked the inclusion, and I think they should have kept it in. Um, we see Worf being reflective here mm -hmm. and trying to solve a problem he has. And like you said, Amy, um, seeking advice on what to do about it. Am I right in thinking that Alexander has literally just arrived? Is that right? Or has he been there yes. for a while? Oh, no, he's been on there for a while. Okay, so these are just the, it's the continuation of the problems he's having with Alexander, which is, which I like better. If he's been yeah. there for a while, it makes more sense that he's struggling and he's feeling that it's affecting his performance. Um, it wouldn't make sense if Alexander had just arrived and then for it to all have blown up. Um, yeah. So yeah. Keep it. Because he's been talking with Troy about oh, right, it, yeah, and, yeah. you know, yeah. Although I'm, I'm surprised that um, Klingons don't have more, almost maybe physical punishments for their children. Like, given that they're a warrior race, you want to kind of bring them up to be warriors, so it's just... Well, but he was raised by humans. Yeah, he was raised by humans, and we don't really know, I don't think that we've really seen much of someone who's been raised in Klingon society has a Klingon child and how they might discipline their child or how they deal with that. I don't yeah, think no, we really see that. We don't, but I imagine that given the way they are, that's the way they might go. A bit more okay. physical with I, their I, punishment. I, I want to follow up on something because I, I, I was trying to remember because I just saw the deleted scene and I didn't see the entire episode. New Ground actually is the episode where Alexander is brought back by okay. foster mother Helena. So he's just come back. And so Worf's trying to deal with having Alexander and putting him in school. So it is really in this episode where Alexander comes back after being away Be for a year. Because he was with Worf's with Worf's, And they were getting older yeah. and they were struggling with yeah. his Klingon yeah. behaviors. Okay. And just one thing real quick with this that I thought was sort of world building mm -hmm. was that we learn... And we sort of always knew, but we learned specifically on screen here that Klingon officers are not permitted to have children. Yeah. It's not just that they're not, that there's they're not even allowed it, to have them. It, it, I think it kind of makes sense because any Klingon oh, ship completely. that we've, we've ever seen, we've yeah. never seen like a child on the ship. And I think probably they would, it would be something like, well, if you're going to be a warrior, then you're going to learn that in school and whatever, and then enlist in the defense force and then come on. And that, you know, children or a family might just be a distraction to that warrior ethic if on the ship, right? Something like yeah. that, probably. So, but you're right. It, it's never specifically said, but it totally makes sense. <laughs> right. Well, I suppose you don't want children around when it's your responsibility as first officer to kill the captain if he does something wrong. So you're always supposed to kill the person above you, aren't you? So if you get yeah. children around, it just seems a bit unethical. 
And I really wonder now yeah. what Klingon school's like. It's like period one, hand-to-hand combat. Period two, that left training. Well, period three, you know, uh, <laughs> disruptors. For, we may have talked about this a little bit before, but for it to be a real society, not everyone is a warrior. Yeah, yeah, there are yeah. other people that must be scientists and engineers and teachers and all of that. But yeah, it would be pretty interesting for the Klingon school that's all about like bringing someone up to be a warrior, what that would be like. But what the other schools would be like where they'd have to teach things that have nothing to do with combat so the society could work right yeah, yeah. true i think we mentioned it and because like when we see starfleet we only really see or when we see humans we only really see starfleet and we see klingons we only see the klingon defense forces so we're only seeing a little yeah. snippet of that well, whole culture yeah although of course with picard that's going to change because our main character is a civilian so mm. we'll see i think more of that so should we go on to the next one yeah sure yeah yeah Okay, so the next one is in the episode Ethics, and this is the one where Worf gets uh, paralyzed by a barrel that falls on him. <laughs> um, and and basically, there's a short deleted scene. So you see Worf, I think he's on like a bio bed. He's partially paralyzed by this point, and Crusher's coming to see him, mentions there are some tests to take, and Worf is basically like, why do you need to do tests, you know? Um, and Crusher explains why the tests are needed to I don't know, to try out some some procedure or some kind of treatment. Um, and he says he won't submit to tests. He's made a decision. He wishes to die. They kind of go back and forth on it a little bit. And Worf gets progressively more angry and then asks her to leave. So I thought this one was interesting because maybe it adds a little bit, but I feel like they kind of have this discussion already. And he yeah. says no, but Amy, your thoughts? Yeah, this one... I felt is redundant, mm-hmm. you know, and we've got Worf saying, this is not the Klingon way, not the Klingon way. And it's like, yeah, we already know that. And we know that Beverly has great bedside manner and, you know, so I, yeah. this one I feel is worthy of a deletion. Yeah. What do you think, Joe? Yeah. Mega delete. I, I thought when I was watching, I was like, this is it already in the episode. So I'm thinking kind that there must also <laughs> be some kind of really similar scene which covers the same ground, so there's no need for it. We've just seen Grumpy Wharf. Yeah, he got he gets pretty angry. Yeah. <laughs> so but this is two in a row deleted that include Wharf. Hmm. <laughs> That's interesting. Um but yeah, I don't know if we need to say much more of that because it really covers the same same ground as the yeah, previous correct. one. But it was interesting just to see. It's always interesting like to see the process and to be like, oh, they had to choose between this and this and like they have to make sure they have enough coverage or enough scenes that they can delete things and still be okay. So, But even though there were both wharf scenes, it was different aspects of wharf that were seen. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, it was like reflective wharf versus like I am all Klingon tradition, no <laughs> wharf, you know, yeah. it was very, quite different. Which is why I think we are keeping the reflective wharf scene and deleting the grumpy wharf mm-hmm. scene. Because it gives yes. you something you don't see as much in the first exactly. one. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, moving along. I really like these deleted scene <laughs> episodes. <laughs> it's like bedtime story time or something, isn't it? Justin, tell me a story. Once upon a time. And, yeah. There was there was a scene that you have not seen that you will now see as I describe it to you. Yeah, because an evil wizard deleted it, (laughs) and we found it in a cave. (laughs) Sorry, digression. That's okay. 
So The Outcast. Um, of course, this is the one with the uh, genderless society where Riker falls in love with Soren, who's a member of that society and um, has felt that they want to identify with a specific gender. So um, it starts out with a part of the episode that we've seen where Riker is talking to Troy, talks about their relationship and, you know, that they'll stay friends. They have a little kiss at the end, right? So to, I guess, set the context. And of course, Amy loved seeing that. (laughs) Yes, I do. I did too. Um, But basically what happens after that is it goes to a deleted scene that's in engineering. Riker's there, Jordy's there, Soren is there. They're talking about, you know, the technical issue of the week, this null pocket of, of space and how to map it. Jordy kind of heads out uh, after they've talked about it, but Riker and Soren are, and they have like a little conversation. They're kind of flirting. Uh, Riker invites Soren to to dinner. Of course, he says it'll be a working dinner, uh, but they kind of share a look because they know it's, it'll be more than a working dinner, I think. Um, and then there's this other Janai of that species that's kind of like taking a look at this and like periodically giving dirty looks because they don't approve, right? And then it gets into the what's in the uh, the aired episode where Riker is going to Soren's quarters for this dinner and finds this other Janai who's been observing like in Soren's quarters and you know it's the it's the part that he we know where he's like well I was going to have a working dinner here and they're like no 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 you're not so it's just like this little part I think to set up that they have this conversation about setting up dinner it's not just like he happens to come by some I don't know uh, what do you think Amy does this add something should it be kept. I think it definitely does okay. and needs to be kept. It, it adds so much when they're in engineering. And it's funny you say they were flirting. I didn't really, really? even see it as that. Okay. It was just like, we're working on a problem. I mean, they were standing quite close together. Yeah. So I think <laughs> that in is a, a way of flirting. So I, I agree with you on that. But when Riker goes to pick her up for, or sorry, pick, pick them up. up yeah, yeah, pick Soren up for dinner. The fact that he's surprised, it it explains Makes that. a little more sense because when you yeah. actually see the episode, it's like, oh, he happens to be stopping by and they made some other arrangement. But this gives a little more context and maybe I read a little more into it, but there was like a certain, they were in like, like an intimate personal space and they're talking with each other Definitely. in engineering. So it yeah. maybe adds something to what his expectation might have been, so... Yeah, it just made that whole where he's picking Soren up for dinner, just it made it so much more clear. I would mm-hmm. definitely keep that in. Okay. Plus the sideways glance of that Janai who was watching yeah. them, right? And that adds to the context mm-hmm. of the society's behavior towards Soren. So I, I think it definitely adds to the okay. episode. Joe? Joe, what do you think? Definitely keeping it. However, that other Janai woman's way too far away to hear what they're talking about in the den of engineering. No. All the, oh, do yeah. you know what I mean? She but should have been also at the main see. console thing and they're just having a wee well, innocent maybe chat. This speci- maybe this species has great hearing. Of like course, Vulcans, of course like they, they do. Can. Yes. Well, they've got normal <laughs> size human ears, too. so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with that. Um, super hearing. Um, I think with her being removed from, like, in the background, listening in, and then being in such close proximity, it makes it feel a bit illicit. Like, they both know that mm-hmm. they, they... It's not quite flirting. It's more pre-flirting. It's more they're doing some... Yeah, they're doing something they know that they shouldn't be doing, and they're going engaging in a path that... 
is about They're risky. just like testing the waters to see if flirting will happen later? Is exactly, that what you mean? Exactly, yes. And then uh. when he goes to her quarters to pick it up, and it's the other Janai person, um, he looks a bit... He looks a bit startled, doesn't he? As if he's been caught. His eyes go big as if, oh, I have to get myself out of this situation. I've done something wrong. We were just meeting for work and dinner. Um, He does look like he's been caught. Yeah, he's going and he's like, oh, this is going to be really pleasant. Then he's like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm kind of caught now. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Um, but definitely keep. I really like this episode, so the more we get of it, the the happier I am. Yeah, I think you guys have convinced me to keep it because I was thinking before, yeah, it's a small thing, but it does add some context. But Amy, go ahead. Yeah. So one thing, listeners, and I noticed quite a bit in this because there's now, I guess, compared to previous seasons, like we see them in, in this out uh, deleted scenes like Riker's oh, tapping yes. on the console. Oh, yeah, I love that. And where you like, hear dun, dun, him dun, dun, tapping. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, and like tapping a desk. It's just yeah. like so funny. And I'm. it just makes me think like they have to act as if they're uh-huh. hearing yeah. these mm-hmm. things, you know? And as if it, what and they're doing means something. <laughs> exactly. Like the position of where I'm tapping, you know, means something exactly. Yeah. And I was like, that's a whole nother level of acting. I, just, yeah, I love that too. When you just like can actually hear their fingers tapping, you can hear like the clothes rustling. You know, there's like the hypo spray where like you hear nothing when it hits mm. the neck. It's like that's what they're actually having to act against. It gives you like this this whole nother level. And it, of course, there's a whole nother impact when you get the sound effects and you get the music with it. But because with, without that, it's like all you really have yeah. is people talking. So yeah, and then it just you're impressed even more mm-hmm. that they're acting this without yeah For sure. anyways i just had yeah. to throw that in it's amazing about how much is actually missing that gets yeah. put in kind of after after oh, the, yeah. the footage is filmed or whatever post-production yeah post-production yeah. um <laughs> that that did occur to me that tapping that was it kind of jumped right out at you it was a bit like this yep. screaming woman that got i was thinking about that replicator yes. <laughs> <laughs> she just silently walks up no sound and it's like ah Okay, what happened there? It's funny. Yeah, exactly. So uh, let's move on to the first duty because actually there are, I think, something like three different deleted Mm. scenes for this one. So I think there might Mm -hmm. be quite a bit to talk about with this one. So let's talk about the first one. Uh, So, of course, the first duty is the episode where there are these cadets, Wesley among them, who do this uh, maneuver that they shouldn't have been doing, and a cadet gets killed, and there's an investigation. So um, it starts with with the aired part uh, where the admiral is kind of opening up the proceedings and, you know, giving condolences to Commander Albert, who's in the audience, and he's a Starfleet officer that is the father of the cadet who who was killed. Um, then it actually goes to a deleted scene because he actually responds. So he, he asks if there was any indication of a problem before the crash. What were they doing out there? Did they file a flight plan? He has a lot of, of questions. And it's interesting because then there's a shot from behind of the Admiral and you can see her head kind of like go bow down a little bit where she's just like feeling so bad about what's happened and doesn't really have the answers for him. And then she kind of looks up and replies and says, you know, we don't have those answers, but we'll investigate the matter thoroughly. Then it's back to the aired episode with the Admiral saying there'll be a memorial service that evening. So like in... 
in the aired episode, this admiral is giving the condolences to him. I think he nods, and then it just goes back to her saying there's a memorial service. So this whole part where he's asking all of these questions, and she's like, I don't have answers for you, but we'll investigate that thoroughly, is the part that was deleted. So Amy, what do you think about that part? You know, I think it really adds to the gravity of the situation because you're getting it from his perspective, Mm -hmm. which when removed, we don't get it. And we feel like it's a Wesley and it's like this Mm -hmm. father brings and his acting I thought was just incredible. And he's like asking all these questions, like firing at him, like what happened? Was there a problem before? Did they file a flight plan? Like he's trying and you can just understand his anguish Mm -hmm. for losing a son, you know? And I really wish that they would have kept that in. And then it would have made the uh, admiral's response of, we just don't have these questions right now. Because you know he's asking them, you know. And so I I strongly believe that they should have left this one in. Mm -hmm. Joe? Yeah, I'm going to agree with Amy again. It's weird. Green all the time. Um, (laughs) Yeah, keep it in. We never really get to see grief in Star Trek a lot. I mean, the only Not one that jumps out at me, yeah. at me is um, Picard and Generations when he's found out his brother and his nephew have been killed. And that is... Mm-hmm. Dark Page. Dark Page True. Well. Um, but Picard I'm t- and in terms family of is like, basically having grief for what happened to him. Yeah. Yeah. And all but we don't get to died. see a lot. Yeah. And I like to see... Not I a think lot. That's true. I think it's masked by starfleet training in this kind of professional stoicism that people have just to go on with the job yeah um so it is nice i think it was useful for us to see that and see that there's a, a grieving father here as well as the cadets who were involved in the accident so yeah definitely keep i like that i would have been totally bumped if i was the actor that played commander albert and my yeah most of my words get cut that's <laughs> right that's Hollywood yeah be, I, I would definitely have kept this one in because I completely agree with you guys like you're you're really it, it adds to the gravity of the situation you're getting to see this very relatable response whereas in the aired episode it's kind of like he looks at her and he kind of nods but he would have a lot of questions and you know even though maybe it's not usually appropriate for this proceeding his son has died so he's going to speak up and ask those questions because that's foremost on his mind and like the expression that you see him give as he's asking these questions it's like so pained and like I, he, he just can't get his head around what what has happened and has so many questions and yeah, I, I love this scene, and it was it was kind of nice to 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 see it and to see what what might have been because I thought there was a lot of power to that for sure. Um, so let's go to the second deleted scene from the first duty. Uh, so this is a little bit later in the episode. I think you see the aired part where Picard is kind of talking to the admiral after that and saying, you know, we'll help you out with whatever you need. Then it goes to the deleted scene. And you see Beverly sitting next to Commander Albert, the same father we were talking about before. And she really kind of gives her condolences for his loss. Um, And then I think uh, Commander Albert asks, like, oh, is Wesley your son? And, you know, she says yes. And and then he talks about how Wesley helped Josh, who's his son, with astrophysics. And he kind of sighs after that, like, remembering uh what happened and then beverly says you know he should let her know if there's anything she can do to help and she actually like takes his his hand to give him 
you know, some measure of, of comfort. And you see this look in his eyes where he, it seems like that that's comforted him or he's happy that someone has come by to offer their condolences. And then it's back to the aired episode where, um, uh, where I think Beverly and Picard are, are coming to see Wesley. So, uh, Amy, what did you think of this one? You know, I really think that this needs to be left in again um, because, like Joe was saying, we don't get to see grief. We don't get to see people react to grief. And for Beverly to, I mean, it's hard offering people condolences. He just sort of don't know what to say. I mean, at least it is for me. And so to have her, you know, just be so compassionate. I mean, she has a great bedside manner anyways, but, you know, and she... I love that she took his hand because it's just that little extra of comfort that it's like, you know, I'm here. Nothing. Well, you know, people don't really ask for things, but you know, just to be comforted, I think really shows Beverly. And again, I have to say this, you know, father Albert, great, great job acting. I I'm impressed with his acting from these deleted scenes. Yeah. He's a great actor. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and again, some of his lines are cut. So, <laughs> Joe. Yeah, keeping it again. It's a really beautiful moment, just between two humans, isn't it? And that we get to see. And it would yeah. have been particularly difficult for Beverly to do that in the knowledge that it was her son that survived. She doesn't. And, well, th- she knows it's her son that survived. She doesn't know that he's in on it yet, right? Yeah, no, but right. just that you're you're talking to the guy whose son died in yeah. the same accident that you're son survived in so that would have been yeah but, but she could probably think about it also from the perspective of you know she's lost a loved one she lost jack crusher yeah, so yeah. she knows what it's like to to lose someone that you're close to but but yeah I, I love this one as well and it it's one of those those rare things where you see beverly doing something other than being a doctor because this is, has nothing to do with anything medical. This is a person that needs some emotional support and some help. And I think it's great just just seeing that, which you don't often often see from her. And also, like both of these scenes combined really help to round out the character of this father, whereas he's pretty much a bystander in the aired episode. Like, you know, he's the father, he's there, but he's just kind of like you see a look on his face or a nod, and that's about... It. I mean, I'm trying to even think in the aired episode, does he actually get any lines <laughs> or are all of his lines cut? Right. I think yeah. they might be, which is a shame because, yeah, the actor does a great job. It's great to see, you know, how the admiral handles things, the question he questions he has there. And then in this scene, you know, talking to Beverly and knowing the the connection and that the father knew about Wesley and all that. So, yeah, I would have definitely kept it as well. All right, so let's talk about the third deleted scene from The First Duty. Um, So I I think for this one, you have uh, Beverly talking to to Picard. I think this whole thing starts out from a deleted scene. Um, And they're, oh, that's right, they're in the corridor just kind of walking and just just talking. Uh, I think still at yeah, at, at this point, um, she's saying like she had seen Wes and he asked her kind of not to help and to stay away. Um, and she said she saw like a look on his face. There's something wrong. It seems like he's in trouble. And I think Picard gives a nod or something like that. And then it goes back to the aired episode where there's something going on in engineering. So it's just kind of like a little thing where you're seeing like Beverly is maybe starting to suspect something. Uh, what did you think of this one, Amy? 
You know, I've heard a lot of people say that Beverly is not the best mother. Um, and it is sad that this is deleted because I think this just goes to show how well she does know Wesley. Like when mm. your kid says something and you know it has a different meaning, meaning you know your child. And, you know, for her to, you know, sort of tell Picard, it's like there's something wrong. Wesley didn't even ask for any help. And, you know, I can tell by the look on his face, like she Not only understands. that, he, he was basically saying like... Don't get involved in Don't this. Don't help me. And yeah. it's like a red flag went off in her mind. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's recognizing he's in trouble. And, you know, the concern and just that relationship, uh, I think, really shines through in mm. that very quick clip. Yeah. And I would like to have kept it in. Yeah. Joe? I think I'm going to keep it, although I'm not sure. It's such a short sequence. There's not many lines between Picard and Crusher. It's just like, it's a realization that there's something afoot and Beverly's yes. explaining what she's just found out and he's saying, just please don't help me as if it's almost a cry for help, isn't it? Don't help me. I have to deal with this on my own. It's something I'm a Starfleet yeah. officer. Um, so yeah, I think I would keep it, but I see why they cut it. It's, it just goes by That's in a flash. Brief. Yeah. Yeah. So if it goes by in a flash, just keep it. Keep yeah, it. let's keep it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I wasn't sure because it it is a brief thing, and I don't know what was happening in the episode before. Maybe it would have broken up the flow of it, but uh, yeah, I I think it's pretty interesting, and I think wherever we can see more of a Beverly reflecting on things, let's keep it. It's <laughs> kind of how yes. I feel about it. Good. Okay, so let's go on to Cost of Living, which has uh, two deleted scenes in it. So Cost of Living is the episode where uh, Luaxana uh, is engaged to be married to this guy who has all of these traditions that uh, are kind of starting to cramp her style. <laughs> um, and so so basically, I think it starts with, with the aired episode. She's talking to that fiancé about some of the traditions, and she's kind of like... I feel like, you know, in this episode, or this part of the episode aired that you see, she's just kind of trying to go along with it, even though she's not too comfortable with agreeing with some of these things. But then it goes... Yeah, because this is when they just beam on board for the first time. That's right. She's kind of yeah getting to, to know him a little bit more. Um, so then it goes to the deleted scene where after where she's seeming to agree, she's saying, you know... But, you know, maybe we should just get a little more acquainted first. Maybe I could show you around. We could get a feel for each other. And he kind of brushes it off. He's like, yeah, sure. But, you know, the this advisor here will have to stay in our company at all times <laughs> until the wedding. Loxana asks, like, are you joking about that? Um, and, and, and then she just kind of, like, recognizes that he doesn't like that response and, you know, says, bear with me as I get used to, you know, the protocols that you have. And then it goes back to the aired episode and there's a, a part in, in engineering. So it's just kind of like a little bit to add to that first interaction that you see. But Amy, what do you think? Okay, so I took this a totally different okay. way because Luxana is very flirtatious. She is very hmm. uninhibited. And is fine talking about her sexuality ever since season one. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, I see her saying, oh, I thought we could get acquainted and get a feel for each other. Like, <laughs> I was like, she's laying on the innuendos right there, you know? Oh, I agree and with that, sense. but it gets kind of yeah. squelched a little bit. And she has to step back and be like, okay, this will... I'll have to navigate this differently. I can't just turn on the charm and he'll drop his traditions or something, right? 
Yeah. Well, and you know, she falls back. Yeah. But I just Mm, thought, wow, this is a lot of uh, flirting going on that we don't normally see in next gen. And I thought it was very fun and delightful. It fit her character perfectly Mm -hmm. and I would keep it in. Okay. Joe. Uh, Keep it and delete it. (laughs) What? Explain. Totally on the fence. Okay. Illogical. Illogical. (laughs) I know. I know. Syntax (laughs) error. Delete program. Um, Keep it for Loxana because after the episode with Christian, um, I have this newfound love for Loxana. Um, however, this, are we allowed to say douche on Earl Grey? Drek FM, is that an allowable word? This guy, I just don't, I'll delete it, I'll delete it. Yeah. What's the context? He, he just, he's no, yeah. he's no Timison, is he? No, he very, just, very much comes across as like brusque and uncaring and doesn't yeah. really want to get to know her and yeah. He's, yeah, I'm like, delete, I just want to delete him. Like, delete him? physically delete him from existence. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Who brings a protocol minister delete the, with you? Del- I was going to say, delete the fiancé. It's kind of like uh, <laughs> yes. Janeway in Fairhaven. Uh-huh, that's, yeah, delete, <laughs> the, delete the wife. Delete the wife. Oh, <laughs> oh goodness. Uh, so keep it okay, from Lexana, delete his lines. I know it'll just be a monologue okay. of <laughs> Lexana talking to herself. Interesting. And her innuendos. Yes. Yeah. Like, I, I think I agree with you, Amy. Like, it, it is very in keeping with Loxana's character. It, it adds a little bit. Although, at the same time, you do feel this, like, push and pull between, like, her trying to be flirtatious and him just kind of squelching that and being like, what about the protocol? So, I feel like there's a lot of other places in the episode. But I love the character of Loxana and anytime we can see, see Majel. So, I would keep it anyway. Yep. I think he's maybe... He's maybe the same as Timison. He's that kind of really reserved. I don't know what he did for a living, but Timison was really professional and knew what he had to do. And yeah, this but guy this, guy seems ta- similar. this guy takes it to another level where he it's more than reserved. It's it's like he's completely like disconnected from his surroundings, doesn't take into account anything of what the other person is saying, whereas Timison is always taking that into account, mm. what the other person is saying and adjusting to it. And this guy just doesn't care. <laughs> It's like the protocol says. <laughs> He's not the guy for Loxana. He doesn't want to get to know. He doesn't want to get to know her as a person. Whereas Timison definitely wants to get to know her as a person. Yeah. Right. I want to see an episode where Loxana goes to the Nexus and finds Timison. Oh. Mm-hmm. Finds her love. I love that. We should make it happen. Yeah. Oh my. When you write a letter. My heart. <laughs> oh wow. Wow. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> well, let's go to the uh, next one in Cost of Living because also in Cost of Living... Justin, we can skip this one. It's fine because we're what? all going to agree to keep no. it. No. I have to describe it. I have to okay. describe it in all its detail. Amy you're will settle dis- for nothing less. You're going to describe it and then we can all agree to keep it. I, I, I think we're going to agree to keep it, but okay, let me describe yeah, sure. it because <laughs> the listeners might have seen I know, it. I know. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so so... You know, Worf is having some issues with uh, with Alexander. So I, I think it starts at the aired episode where they're they're talking to each other, and it seems like Alexander isn't really listening. He says his cryptic line, "The higher, the fewer," <laughs> and then walks out. And then Worf is so angry, I don't know, he destroys whatever he's eating or something. But um, then it goes into a deleted scene where Worf and Troy are talking to each other. It seems like a counseling session with Worf and Troy, which is. I don't know if we see that anywhere else as a counseling session, but as much as this. But anyway, um, 
So Worf is basically saying that he feels he's been clear with the obligations Alexander has, yet he's ignoring him. And Troy is kind of agreeing and saying she knows what, what she means. She's been clear with her mother about, you know, not interfering with Alexander, but she doesn't listen. Um, and then Worf starts telling a story about when he was six years old. He says he obeyed his parents. He kind of pauses and says most of the time. Um, and then Troyce tells a story when she was six that her mother threw a birthday party and then halfway through she disappeared, came back dressed as a Caropian princess, carried in a sedan chair by four young men. I'm trying to imagine this scene, guys, because that sounds so Loxana yeah. at a six-year-old's yes. birthday party. Anyway... So so they're kind of, you know, talking about this and having a common experience of having difficulty with people in their lives. Although Worf, I laughed at this, Worf says his mother would not have done that. <laughs> She's telling the story about Loxana, clearly. Um, so then, then Troy goes on to say, you know, it's like she's been the parent for Loxana and Loxana has been the child all of her life. And Worf is wondering why he can't control Alexander. Um and then at the end of this, Troy says, you know, it's said that grandparents and grandchildren get along so well because they have a common enemy. And then it goes back to the aired episode with Loxana, you know, talking to the fiance with Alexander there. I thought this one was pretty interesting just to see them kind of talking about how they feel in common with some of these things. Maybe that would have added a little bit more to the coming Worf-Troy relationship in season seven. But uh, Amy, what do you think of this one? That's exactly where I was going <laughs> to yeah. go. Um, now, of course, we need to keep this in because, yeah, A, Troy is counseling in her counseling office. Yeah. and um, But what I like about it is that she also is, you know, telling Worf about her personal experiences. And they're sort of going through the struggles together, even though they're uh, inverses of each other, right? She feels like she's the adult when she's a child. And, mm -hmm. you know, Worf is the adult and is having to deal with his child. And so that relationship that they are able to share and that friendship gets to, you know, start. And I've always said that that's where the Troy and Worf relationship starts is that we've seen on camera, but I know for a fact off camera, and now here is the evidence <laughs> that they are continuing talking and having their, you know, counseling sessions. Mm -hmm. So Worf can be a better father and stuff. Yeah. So definitely keeping that one in. Uh, Joe? Yeah, keeping it also. Um, Trekcore says something about them. They're having the, they're telling these stories and neither one is listening to each other. And I don't know if that's necessarily mm -hmm. the case. Yeah, I don't know if that's the case. Although I would say it's not as much a pure counseling session because Troy is giving like her personal background and stuff. It's more of friends talking with yeah, each other about that. a problem they have in common. Yeah. That's why it's yeah. like the step, it's not the professional counselor. It's still a counseling mm -hmm. session, but now there's the, you know, added personal. Yeah, Worf says something and Troy proves that she's listening. She's actively listening to what she's saying because then she responds to him. And then yeah, there's a point yeah. where they're both kind of getting lost in their own thoughts and telling their own experiences about when Worf was a child and when she was our sixth birthday party. Um, but then they both yeah. come back to listening to each other again. So it's that kind of that mm -hmm. process of realization about kind of what the problem is and they're kind of self-counseling themselves through it, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, yeah, I'm going to definitely, definitely keep that. it. Yeah, I definitely want to keep it too. I mean, it's 
I think we've seen this before. It's unfortunate how many of Troy's scenes get cut in these deleted scenes, but this would have been fantastic just to see the two of them together in season five and you you learn more about their background and their history and, and all of that. And now I will always remember the story of what Loxana did at uh, Deanna's sixth birthday party because that's so memorable. So yeah, I think it's it's fantastic. So let's go on to the perfect mate. So... Uh, this is the episode, we even talked about it with genetically designed people last time. Uh, mm. So this is the episode where you have Kamala, who is kind of meant for to, to marry someone. And, you know, in this society, there are these metamorphs that come along every once in a while uh, that get kind of bonded to people and know exactly what to give those people so um but of course in the course of the episode she the it seems like picard and kamala are falling in love but she has this duty to marry uh this guy ulrich so it starts with the aired part of it toward the end where picard is kind of escorting kamala she's in her wedding dress this is at the wedding um and then she goes over to ulrich uh and then he you know he steps back and watches the ceremony now in the deleted scene you see Picard all of a sudden saying, you know, I'm sorry, but this can't proceed. And Ulrich, of course, is very surprised and wonders, like, what is going on? Um, so Picard says Kamala will remain on board with him, and she smiles at that. She seems happy about that. Picard then tells Ulrich his trade agreements will be fine. You know, you said that was your priority anyway. Um, so then Picard... Uh, kind of removes Ulrich's hand from Kamala um, and takes Kamala's hand and says, she is mine. Let us begin the real work today that will establish a long and just peace. So Ulrich seems to agree and and be fine with that. But then, you know, you realize this was just a fantasy in his mind. And you get back to the real world where Picard is quite saddened as uh, Ulrich and Kamala, you know, kiss after they're married. So this one was quite interesting. Uh, Amy, what do you think? Okay, so when I was watching this, this is like one of those, you know, like when you read one of the books and then it's like, okay, if you want ending A, go to this <laughs> Choose page. your own adventure. That's Yeah, choose your own adventure. Yeah, I totally felt like that because I was watching it and, you know, I don't, I didn't have time to watch the episodes mm -hmm. as well as the deleted scene. So I had just popped this in and I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't remember this <laughs> ending. I was yeah. totally fooled. And I was like, Picard stopped the wedding? No, this is and then I was like, I've even got it like, oh my gosh, it's his thoughts only. And when he says she is my priority, oh my gosh. And mm. we definitely need to have this in. Listeners, please go if you have access, go watch this. It is shows how much of a sacrifice Picard makes for this because we now see how much in love he was with her. And it yeah. just makes all of the encounters previous that we saw in the episode before so much more meaningful because we now know it has so much meaning to Picard. Absolutely brilliant. And we see his sacrifice, like mm -hmm. his face at the end. That was... Yeah, that was tough. It, I think it increases the like emotional impact of what you see in yeah. the aired episode, which is Picard's sadness, but it, it really deepens that. I think. Yeah. Joe, what do you think? Yes, keep, 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 keep. Loved it. I. <laughs> we need to have that, listeners. Please write strongly worded letters to CBS to have it officially restored into the episode. There's no reason why in streaming 2019 
um, an episode couldn't be slightly longer, so um, let's make this so. Um, I really, oh, it's just so good. I only knew that it was a kind of a his imaginations because I read it mm-hmm. on. I'd heard about Trek it before. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I would have necessarily picked up on that. Um, I found it really funny when Picard interrupts and then whatever his face is kind of pops Ulrich. out. <laughs> Ulrich, yeah, Vault or whatever. He's like, um, what? <laughs> yeah, he like pops out from in front of her and says, "What did you say?" Um, which I found <laughs> quite amusing. Um, and it's a, it was a really interesting solution, and it totally works. Mm, Everybody's mm. happy, but would Starfleet have been happy? Because that wasn't his mission. Well, yeah, they kept the trade agreements. But do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, like he d- kind of disobeyed orders, and he risked potential a potential diplomatic incident. By stealing I mean, the it's his fantasy, and his fantasy, all that stuff works out, right? Yeah, and yeah, I think it was the perfect ending. I think that's why he didn't do it because he realized the repercussions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It might not have turned out that well, way. I mean, so like, I found this one super interesting. I definitely would have kept it because I think it ramps up the emotional impact, and also the perfect mate is an episode that, for a long time, I, I had some issues with it because of what is happening, because this is someone that they're transporting like just for one person. But I've come to appreciate it more as you know we've talked about it more. And this kind of really adds to the impact of that. And it made me think like, so what if this had really happened, right? And then from there on, Picard is married to Kamala and the rest of the next generation. Like, what would that have been like? I mean, clearly that would have affected... I mean, they wouldn't have done it back then, I think, with more episodic TV. But, I mean, that would have affected, I think, a lot of a lot of things, right? If you have a married starship captain and, you know, he has his other uh, priorities or whatever. I don't know. I, I But I thought about, like, the alternate universe in which Picard is married to Kamala and this scene really happened. And, like, wow, what would that be like? But maybe Picard thinks, like, that would impact my life in a big way, right? Mm, and maybe yeah. that's not what's needed for me being a captain of Starship right now. So, but yeah, it was it was so interesting to watch because I'd heard about this and it was like, I saw the description, it was like, Picard lives out his fantasy of, you know, marrying Kamala. And I was like, oh boy, is this going to be something that's that's really just too much? But it was kind of very understated and very almost logical. Like, hey, I love her, you don't. You got your trade agreements. What's the problem? And Ooh. I was like, well, yeah, that kind of makes a certain amount of sense. So, yeah, I enjoyed this one quite a bit. It might be my favorite of like all the ones that we saw because it just, it worked really well. So, it did. Question yeah. Who plays Kamala again? Famke Jensen. Famke Jensen. Okay. Jensen. Um, yeah, yeah, so for the longest time, like forever, I have got Famke Jensen mixed up with Mila Hovovich, Scarlett Johansson, and Natasha Henstridge. They're literally the same <laughs> person in my head. Like Ewan gets mixed yeah. up with um, Cameron Diaz and, oh, what's her name? Uh, Charlize Theron? No, 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 no. No, nothing oh. like that. You would understand getting mixed up between those two. Um, yeah. Cameron right. Diaz. And who's married to the guy from Coldplay? Married to Chris Martin? I don't remember. Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, yeah. Oh, Cameron Diaz. Yeah. In Ewan's mind, are the same person. They look nothing alike. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Anyways, sorry okay, to dig your celebrity minute. Was, That's okay. Yeah. If they're listening, either of these four actresses, then please feel free to 
contact me and put me right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's go on to the last episode on the list, which is The Inner Light, which actually has, I think, the most deleted mm. scenes. Five, if I counted correctly. So, mm-hmm. um, so let's go through them. It, it was quite interesting that there was that many that were deleted. Uh, okay, so for the, the first one, and I think it has like a little explanation beforehand, like this was originally supposed to be like the teaser or the cold open, but instead you get like the captain's log at the beginning of the episode. They found this, you know, probe or whatever. But like, I thought this one was really interesting because it like opens up, you see somebody come on the bridge and I think you hear like Riker laughing very loudly in the background. Um, And then the camera kind of focuses in and you see Riker and Picard and Picard, is telling a story of the last time that he saw Admiral uh, Gustafsson he's sitting through like 12 straight hours of opera and Jordy's like 12 hours. Um, and you know, Riker says that's too much Wagner for him. And Picard says like the same for me. So there, they're not interested in high culture, it seems, but, but anyway, well, 12 hours, 12 hours. Well, okay. we can talk about Wagner cause what the ring cycle is 17 hours or something. Anyway. Um, but, but then there's just like that short part where he's kind of telling the tail end of, of a story and then Worf kind of interrupts and says, you know, an unidentified object has been detected. And then it's back to the aired episode where you see the probe on the screen, which would have happened after the captain's log. So it's kind of like this little bit where Picard's telling a story and Riker and Picard are laughing and then it gets serious. Amy, what did you think of this? Okay, so <laughs> this and... This one is one that I definitely think needs to stay deleted. They should have never thought it. Uh, First of all, Picard is not that social with his crew. He would not just be sitting and telling a story about this. They wouldn't be laughing on the bridge. Like, Picard, this just wasn't in character when I saw it. And Riker was slouched over like <laughs> leaning on the captain's armrest not even on his own chair and i'm like now that i think about it it's 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 almost like they caught them between scenes because you've heard the tng like yes. cast had so much fun and they were mm. laughing and joking and singing and all of that it's almost like the camera was rolling but they hadn't stopped doing that yet <laughs> yeah so i think for their character's sake, mm, I would say okay. delete it. it. Doesn't add anything. We know Picard knows every single person in Starfleet. <laughs> you know, it's, it it adds nothing. It goes against what their character has been for mm. the previous six seasons. Yeah, five. Five seasons. Oh, I'm so sorry. We're in season <laughs> five. Duh. You know, and and even. It doesn't even get Picard thinking to be that social yeah. until all good things. Like, yeah, no, we're not keeping it. Okay, Joe? Yeah, um, I quite enjoyed it, weirdly. But it's more of a conversation you you'd have at a bar. Now, Amy, you're right. right. Ray could be no slouched over and... Like it's it's a bit too familiar. Yeah. Okay, here here's the confused. here's the thing though. In in I'm trying to remember the episode in season six, the one where they it seems like time is stopping for certain people, and you know they encounter this or or like Picard is on a runabout with some other people, and they come across this Romulan, Romulan ship in the Enterprise D, yeah. like frozen. Mm-hmm. Why can't I remember the name of that of that episode? But anyway, Picard is telling a very funny story in that one. <laughs> So, you do see that kind of thing at least a little bit, bit later. That, is that when they're in um, the the dining room of 
the runabout. Yeah, when you see the back of the runabout yeah. for the only time. But there's, I know, yeah. I love that, and there's, they seem so big inside. Um, that's a social setting, though. They're sitting around to have Instead a meal of together. The bridge, it's you're not right, on the bridge. Having a meal together, yeah. so kinda, you're totally right. It changes about that. the dynamic. Um, what the, right. what on earth is that episode called? Hold on, I'm looking it up because I know it's in season six, right? And it is called oh, the suspense, the suspense. Um, is it in season six? Timescape. That's it. Uh, I was gonna say that. I said it first, but it was really <laughs> Why annoying. Why did I just say it? I knew it had time in it, but there's several episodes in TNG that have time in them. But mm. anyway, timescape. Yeah, but you're right. That is a different setting where they're just having a meal and like it's on autopilot or whatever. So. Do we get your sense, Joe, of how you feel about this one? Is it kind of like, don't, don't we're not keep it? it. No. We're not keeping it. Do you know what? When you were saying, we, when you asked me that question there, are you deleting or keeping it? I was like, what one are we talking about again? So it was the ring cycle, it was Wagner on the bridge. Yeah, delete, but, but talking, keep it as yeah. a deleted scene and so people right. can watch it. I just love it as a deleted scene because I think it's Jonathan Frakes that is laughing and he just has this really great laugh that starts mm. it. And it's like, are they rolling? Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, well, I think we'll remove that one. And the way the episode starts with the captain's log and then, you know, Picard is looking at the probe is perfect for this episode. Yeah. So yeah. agreed. Yeah. All right. So second deleted scene from the inner light. Um, and I think there's a note before this one that... It was meant to be kind of at the beginning of Act 1 after the main title, but they shuffled it around or something. Um, so you see Picard as Cayman, um, and he's with, you know, Aline, who is, is his wife in this. Um, and he's asking about his uniform and communicator, says he's Picard of, of the Starship Enterprise. And then, you know, Aline is trying to, like, calm him down or see what's going on and offers to brew him some tea. And he kind of, like, takes a step back because he's just kind of startled by the situation. And then it goes into the aired episode where he's kind of looking around, asking if he's a prisoner. So it's just like this little part that maybe adds to his confusion, like, where is my stuff? Where is my ship? What are you doing? But so, Amy, what did you think about this brief scene? Okay, so this one I'm sitting on the fence because after watching it, I was like, oh my gosh, we definitely need to have it because it shows Picard's confusion so much more. Mm -hmm. And then I got to thinking about it and then sort of, you know, rewatching it in my head as I, you know, was thinking about it. Patrick Stewart is such an amazing actor that we don't need it. Mm -hmm. We get his confusion. We get that he's scared. We get that he's trying to figure out, you know, he's looking around like, where's the escape? Like mm -hmm. his mind is going. Um, I think that the questions do add to that. Um, but man, Patrick Stewart doesn't need that. So I'm going to sit on the fence and see, Joe, what do you think? Do we need it or should it be deleted? I think I'm deleting it because I'm convinced there's a pretty much identical scene where Picard saying, where am I? Why have you captured me? Can I contact my ship? Or something. I'm yeah, sure I there's think there's one. Like uh, there, there is a different scene like... Yeah. In how they maybe how they reshuffle it, but yeah, it may be a little bit redundant. It's just a short thing that shows his mm -hmm. confusion. But I think you're right, Amy, as well that Patrick Stewart already, you know, well portrays that with in another scene or not with this dialogue. So yeah, yeah. I think we'll uh, keep it deleted. Oh, keep it deleted. Right. You had this. In, you wonder what you were going to say there. Keep it keep deleted. It deleted. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> we won't go back in time and add <laughs> it back. Switch about, about that. Okay. Yeah. 
so let's talk about the third deleted scene in in the inner light. Um, so it's on the bridge, and Riker is kneeling over the unconscious Picard. He's asking Data for some information, and you know, Data is, I guess, telling him about the beam that's focused on Picard from the probe. And Riker is asking for some options. Um, they have a little conversation, um, <clears throat> and and then um, Beverly comes over to scan Picard, and then it goes into the aired episode where. She's saying like his pulse and blood pressure seem normal. So this is just like a little brief thing where Riker is kind of trying to figure out what's going on or ask for some options. Amy, what did you think? After watching it, I was like, oh yeah, we need to have this in. I mean, it's just a way to show that Riker is trying to do everything, that Data is trying to gather all the information that they are working as hard as they can because with it deleted, it's so heavily focused on uh, Picard and Cayman that we don't really get to see what the crew of the Enterprise D is doing during this time. So I like it that we get, we feel that anxiousness that it's like, oh my gosh, we are at a loss. What can we do? We need more information. So I'm going to keep it for that reason. Hmm. Uh, Joe? I think I'm deleting it because I think there's enough of that kind of um, working on Picard on the bridge and Crusher and Riker being there. I think we see enough of that. I don't think it really adds as much as I would want it to add. I'm going to agree with Joe because I think it's like a little brief thing and I don't think we necessarily need to to see that he can't figure things out at this point. But I mean, also... I'm of the opinion that I would have preferred the inner light with having no scenes on the bridge between the probe hitting Picard and him waking up. So, but you know, that's my own thing. Mm. I know why they couldn't do it then, but I think the inner light would have more impact if there were no bridge scenes between when Picard like is knocked unconscious and when he wakes up. But um, how long is the inner light? Is it just a single episode? Just a single episode. Yeah. It feels episode. like I'm thinking there has to be a part two somewhere. So impactful. But yeah, they fit a lot in there. They do. It's interesting. Yeah. It, it's actually twice as long as the time that uh, Picard is <laughs> sitting there unconscious. It's like, which is like 20 minutes, I think, that he's actually out. But right. Okay. So maybe we disagreed a little bit on that one. But uh, so the next scene, it starts to give you context to the aired episode where you see the older Aline is, is dying and, you know, Cayman is very sad about that. But then it goes to a deleted scene, which has Crusher on the bridge and... Ogawa is uh, is scanning Picard. Uh, she's saying that he's showing some physiological alterations, respiratory functions are changing, and Beverly is kind of taking a look. She's unsure what's happening, but she says, if I didn't know better, I'd say that the metabolic rates of an 80-year-old man, indicating that Picard is actually physically aged during this experience. And that goes back to the Arid episode with, you know, Cayman playing with his his grandson. So Amy, what did you think of this one? Yes, I definitely need this kept in. Mm. But when I saw this, listeners, I'm not even lying. I saw Nurse Ogawa scan. I heard the scanners in my ear. Like, oh, really? I heard the sound <laughs> yeah. effects. And I, I looked to my brother who was watching it with me, and I'm like, I heard that sound effect. I mean, it's we're just so you know trained to hear these things. Or like when the doors open, shh. You hear yeah. that sound. We're just, it's so, so again, just, I was like, oh my gosh, we're watching deleted scenes. There's no sound effects and how awesome, you know, the actors have to be to, you know, use their props accurately. 
But I like this deleted scene because we get to see the crew on the Enterprise D again, and yet it's cut, so I'm just saying. Um, but we're seeing another piece of the puzzle that is now being added to uh, that he's an 80-year-old, you know? And so yeah. I like that, that it's this puzzle on the Enterprise D. Now that we're talking about it, I can see if you cut the first one, then you sort of do need to cut this one. Um, again, because the focus isn't about our crew. So I can see why they cut it, but I would like to if, have it If in. this is kept in, there is a problem, though, because don't you need something later that explains how he went from having those physiological readings to something normal? Like, does the probe do something? What happens to take him back to normal? But, Joe, what do you think? Is that maybe a case of, like, an interface one where Jordy gets right. burnt by the VR suit um, that mm-hmm. his experiences in the probe are affecting him physiologically. And then when those experiences end, he goes back to being his... Yeah, but Jordy gets some real burns that need to be medically treated, right? So if Picard had the metabolic readings of an 80-year-old... I I don't know. They say metabolic readings. They don't say like he's actually aged so that his whole body is like that. So maybe it's not that bad. Yeah. His body's just acting like it's really old without actually being really old, possibly. Um, (laughs) Again, I don't know if this necessarily adds anything i just assumed all the equipment was broken because it didn't make any noises like the tricorders <laughs> do go beep, beep, i heard beep, the beep. noises i wanted to ask you your door swoosh amy earlier um was mm-hmm. pretty on point i was wondering if you'd ever been credited as being the the door <laughs> voice in any movies or tv shows <laughs> i should be it was pretty good thank you yeah, you for could do the saying so you could do the door swishes and i could do the boop, 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 boop. the computer sounds yeah Justin, what yes. would be your sound effect of choice? What if you would be my be the sound voice effect? Actor? Oh, let me think. What's an interesting Star Trek sound effect? Phasers? See, that's tough because how do you make a phaser sound? I, I don't know if you can make that with the human. <laughs> or you can do photon torpedoes. I'll, I'll, I'll just be the one that's pew, pew, pew. Oh, pew, pew, pew. Yeah. The discovery <laughs> phasers. Okay, cool. Awesome choice. Mm. Uh, and to come back to the point, I think I'm deleting this scene. I think. Hmm. Sorry, Amy. Okay. Oh, Amy can't even look at me in the eyes. She's like, ugh, turned away. <laughs> like, I, see, I, I, I was a little divided on this one because I really like Ogawa, mm, and yes. you don't get to yes. see her a whole lot. So just to see her there was like, oh, it's Ogawa, and she's, you know, uh, telling. I mean, Ogawa is actually in quite a few episodes in TNG, but doesn't tend to get a whole lot of lines or focus. So I would have liked to see it for Ogawa. However. Um, this thing where it's like he's aging to be like an 80-year-old man. I thought that was an interesting concept, but I don't think it's really required and it would require you to have some explanation for how he gets back to normal. So mm. I actually okay. I think I would be okay with not having it. Sorry, Amy. <laughs> okay. Um, so guys, we have one more one. deleted scene from the inner light. <laughs> Let's make that a good one. Uh, okay, so in the aired episode, you see, uh, you see Cayman's grandson and he's being taken by... His son, uh, which is played by Patrick Stewart's real life son, which is cool, uh, to see the launching. Um, and then Cayman is telling his daughter Marimbor that it breaks his heart to see his grandson because he deserves a full life. Then it goes to the deleted scene where Maribor is saying that he is her child 
and that he's getting a full and rich life. She wishes it was longer, but it's as full and rich as they can possibly make it. And then it's back to the aired episode uh, where she kind of gives him the hat and asks him to come out to see the launch. Uh, so, Amy, what would you think of this one? I definitely need to have this in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it tells the story of the entire village that's there and how they are accepting and facing what they know is going to happen. You know, just that one scene. And she's like, we, we, I eat the sun, you know, I'm giving full memories, you know, the best life possible. Yeah. I wish it was longer, but our planet, the sun is not cooperating. So I think that and her little message right there is portraying what the entire society of the village is. So we need to keep that. Okay. Joe? I I think I have to mention that I haven't always liked the inner light until recently, I think, where I understood exactly what was going on. Yeah, I got the the nature of the story, but I think an understanding of the impact that that would have on somebody. And I was thinking about it even today, coming home. Like, how has Picard changed by being forced to live through an entire life in the space of 20 minutes? It would have changed him more than we see, I think. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you'd essentially be, you've got an extra, say, 80 years of experience experience worth of memories. So, but then it's, I don't really know. Um, I think now that I understand it, I'm going to keep as much of Cayman as possible in the episode so i would restore the deleted scene yeah i mean i would want to keep it because i really like uh maribor as a as a character in this and it's great that we get to see more from her and it actually brings up something that i guess i don't tend to think about too much which is there is this grandson who's pretty young and is really not going to to live a long life but she's really kind of arguing passionately Mm that we're going to give as full and rich a life as we can, even in this short time. So, so it really like emphasizes making the most of the the time that you have left. So I actually really love this and I think it would have, uh, it would have definitely added something before they go out to, to see the launch. Whereas instead in the aired episode, it's like, Hey, we're going to see the launch and okay, here's your hat. Let's go. But they have this really heartfelt conversation. That's, that's almost serves as like a, a goodbye knowing what's coming right after that so i liked it quite a bit yeah all right guys well we talked about 14 <laughs> deleted scenes here that's quite a bit but let's go into uh final thoughts actually let's start with you joe i think oh me oh i'm going first i think we agreed on most of them which is good um not that disagreeing is a bad thing either we all have our justification for doing that uh, i really enjoy these deleted scene talks that we have I think there's something, a different dynamic about it. I don't know what it is. Um, I think it's in terms of podcasting, I find it really easy to do, to just have an opinion on something. And it's kind of easy to research because you just have to watch the deleted scenes. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Let's do another one next. Well, it won't be next week, but next time. (laughs) There's only seven seasons. Yeah. Well, there's the movies too. Well, you know, listeners, as I said, watching these, please, if you can go watch them because it adds such a different experience and take on the episodes. And even if it's just one little deleted scene and you're like, 
Oh, that's interesting. When I was done watching these season fives, I seriously have the question, who is making this call on what to delete? Because if you think about it, I would have only deleted two and a half because I was on the fence. So two, all the rest of them, I would have kept in. I'm like, who's making these decisions? Is it the director? I I think it can depend. It it can be, I think sometimes it can actually be the editor because they're trying to edit together the the footage into something that fits in. Unlike, you know, in the era of TNG, there was a very strict time limit, right? It had to be 45 minutes. It, It varied. Sometimes it was a little bit less over the years, but sometimes they had to cut out even something that was five or 10 seconds because it had to be a very specific length. It's different now because it can vary with, with streaming. But um, I think as far as I understand it, and I don't have a complete understanding of the process, uh, the person that is editing the episode is often making these decisions as like a first kind of cut of the episode. And then I think it's in consultation with the director and maybe showrunner, some of the producers or whatever that, that they're trying to get to something that they can agree on to put out the, the finished product. But I mean, for some of these, they, to be honest, it's like almost to the second that they have to have it a certain period of time. So some, they had to make hard decisions sometimes. Yeah. I just, you know, I was very surprised that like you said, the editor was what I was thinking, you know, that they have so much power, if you will. I don't think it's just the tone and the feeling at the initial cut, like you're saying, the editor's going to make the initial and then Uh they go, you know, that's a lot of power and control over the theme and the feeling and the tempo of the episode. Although sometimes I think the initial cut can be longer because I think Melinda Snodgrass was uh, talking about it when we interviewed her, that the initial cut for Measure of a Man was like, you know, 55 minutes or something, and then they had to make further cuts. So I think it goes through a process of a couple of steps to get to the final episode and decide what to delete. You can imagine how difficult it is, though. You've got all this great footage that you filmed, and you've paid actors to do it, and somebody's written that content, mm-hmm. and then you might have an hour's worth of footage, and you go, oh, I've got 45 minutes to fit it into. Um, even though it's a yeah. weird, weirdly North American thing, you you guys not still call it like an hour long episode, even though they're only forty five minutes. I think that's oh, it's an hour long episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it takes you an yeah, hour to watch for, it. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, when it when it was running with commercials, it would take you an hour to watch it, but there'd be like fifteen minutes of commercials and forty five minutes of content, something. Yeah. And and over the years, it got to be less. I think by the time of Enterprise, it was actually forty two minutes mm-hmm. or something right. like that. And now in streaming, it can vary. Like Discovery episodes. I mean, of course, there have been the shorts that are six or seven or fifteen minutes, but the full episodes vary between thirty seven minutes and over an hour. So it's much more mm-hmm. flexible today but we do consider it like an hour of tv because it would have been an hour with commercials but yeah so yeah i've tried have you ever been in a position where you hard drive space and you've not got enough space to store something on and you have to go through your files and think what do i need least and then delete the stuff Mm -hmm. you need least so imagine as an editor you think this is all the stuff you have to keep. That's fine. We're keeping that. And then this is the stuff that's kind of optional and what works best for the episode. And then mm-hmm. they probably have a few cuts at the end of the day and think which one's going to work best. Especially if there's, a, for a movie, where you might get something that's like a director's cut versus a theatrical or whatever. But yeah. anyway, I think we interrupted your thoughts, Amy. <laughs> oh, sorry, Amy. So 
I, I was impressed with who's making those decisions to cut these scenes because as I watched them as a whole, like I said, I would have really only deleted two out of what did you say, 15? 14, something like that. 14, yeah. yeah. So I was very uh, impressed with that. I think that they add so much uh, to the episodes um, and it's fun to see them and fun. It really is fun to see them in the high density, you know, the HD, and then it goes down to this grainy, yeah. off color. <laughs> No sound effects, you know, and you're like, okay, this is obviously deleted. Um, so to see that production value so different, you know, and that it's contrasted so much is pretty cool to see what they do to, you know, a, an edit like that. Yeah. Um, so I, again, yeah, I really enjoy these. And listeners, I want to know if you watch any of these deleted scenes and you hear the doors open. <laughs> Or you hear the, you know, Beverly scanning with her medical tricorder, you let me know. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, for my final thoughts, I always love doing these because it's new content. Because uh, I, I think when we started doing these deleted scenes is when I actually ordered the TNG Blu-rays because I'd pretty much just seen them on streaming yes, before that. Yes, I remember that. that. Yeah. So I'm seeing a lot of these things for the first time. And it's just so great to see like more of the show that you love and what could have been. And, and it's just like new content, new things to talk about. So... I think you guys said it all. I just love talking about it, and it's a different kind of discussion. So listeners, let us know which ones you might have kept or deleted if you agree or disagree with uh, what we did. So, yeah, it was great. All right. Well, next week, very excited to continue our series on Badass Moments. And all right, quiz time. We're going to go back and forth, and you name a character that we have already done. Joe, starting with you. <laughs> well, I'm new still. How do I know? You've listened to Oliver Grey, though. We've done <laughs> some with you. We've done, done two with me? Just we? name one. Just name oh. one. Riker. Just name one character. That's right. Justin. Picard. Joe. Troy. Yeah, good job. Justin. Beverly. Yeah, we have done yeah, Beverly. Yeah. Joe? It was before your time, yeah. so uh, <laughs> do you want a hint? It's Haley Stoddard's favorite character. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm going to say Jordy. Yep. Yes, oh, exactly. no, you did the action yeah. after I said it. So I go to the, <laughs> I get the said, point. So, yeah. okay. No, you get so it. The, you get the credit. The, is that all five that we've done, I think? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So, listeners, the next character we are going to talk about next week is Badass Data Moments. So excited about yes. that. Yep. So if you want to start thinking about uh, some badass data moments and what that definition means to you, be happy to hear your thoughts. Yeah, we thought it was appropriate because, you know, we're going to be seeing data in Picard. So, yeah, that'll that'll be it'll be really interesting for that one because data is my mm -hmm. favorite character on TNG. So, well, it's been so much fun talking about the deleted scenes in TNG season five, but it isn't the only thing we've been talking about here on the network. Here is what you might have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM, The Ready Room. Did I ever tell you the story about how Channel, Channel 4 in Oklahoma City played Next Generation at 1030 because that's when they had played yeah. the original series reruns the last time they had a shot at it? Yeah. And you think that's insane, but their thinking was, are you kidding? Do you know what kind of ratings we get with Star Trek at 1030 on Sunday night after the local news? We'd never get those kind of ratings with anything else. 
And I'm like, but you would get even bigger ratings if you put it at a normal time. <laughs> and so they finally, going into fourth season, they had a big cl- like, okay, fine, fine, fine. But best of both worlds, part two of all <laughs> the times to change the airtime and then not tell. They didn't promote it. To the journey. Another interesting statistic on this while we're talking about it is that past a certain point in human history, I forget the exact number, but I, I read an article on it, but past a certain point, anyone who is alive at that point is statistically likely to be an ancestor of everyone alive today. Well, that just sort of broke my brain. Can you? <laughs> I know. It's weird to think about that. If you go far back in time enough in human history, at a certain, it's like a crossover point almost yeah, where yeah. anyone alive at that point prior to that point is likely to be an ancestor of every living human today gosh that's an amazing stat statistically yeah that's an amazing stat the edge a star trek discovery podcast you're not going to get in discovery or at least i hope they don't things like references to grand magus wrong that that's nothing in comparison do you know like oh i i can do you one better grand magus brunt brunt (laughs) c-a <laughs> Jeffrey Combs, I love uh, you. Can we please have Jeffrey Combs in Discovery? Earl Grey. How are we bettering ourselves? And the way that it seems to be is through high culture. Well, I think it also ties into this kind of utopianism of Next Gen. I mean, Next Gen is the most, I mean, people say Star Trek is utopian, and I would broadly agree with that. But Next Gen is absolutely the most utopian. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favourite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad or Apple TV or the desktop Apple Podcasts app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And please leave us a star rating and written review that helps others to find the show. You guys want a quick bonus question? (gasps) Okay. You have to just give like a quick answer on this. Okay. okay. So since we were talking about some of the behind the scenes stuff, like who gets to delete scenes, yeah. of the things that you could do behind the scenes, you know, for example, being like an editor, a director, a producer, working on the lighting, the visual effects, whatever, things that are that are behind the camera for a Star Trek show, what would you most like to do? I'll open and close the doors with my sound effects. <laughs> you want to you do the sound effects? Okay. Uh, That's great. Who would I want to be? I'd really like to be the editor and say, we're keeping all of these scenes <laughs> mm-hmm. in, but you know. Do you, I think I'd just be I'm happy sorry, with be like getting coffee for people. Just being there and right? seeing it happen when it happens. A fly on the wall. Yeah. Um, although if I was to go inappropriate, it'd be like the personal masseuse to somebody. <laughs> Patrick Stewart's um, personal message. Yeah. No, it'd be like uh what's his face? Um Dr. Culber. Oh okay. Wilson Cruz. Wilson Cruz. Wilson Cruz, personal message. It's my job. Okay. All right. Well it's very And specific. coffee getter. <laughs> you know, it's funny, like when I was thinking about this, I've actually always been fascinated by directors. And I think if if I actually like had the the training and knew what I was doing, I think that would be a really interesting role, like especially on on TV, how you can, um, you know, kind of shape things for 
for that specific episode and Jonathan Frakes has certainly enjoyed doing it for a number of years. So I don't know why, but there's just something that fascinates me about the the director and being able to to kind of feel like you're kind of shaping and molding things to an extent. So Yeah. Great. Oh no, I thought of an actual one that I would do. It's to be in with the composer and help compose okay. the music oh, yeah. and be with the orchestra and kind of live record it with a big screen and you see the action and everything has to happen at the same time. You already do music, so we need to just get you that assistant role with uh, Jeff Russo for music for Star Trek, um, right? I'm there, yeah. See, I, I chose, so I've chose three, like something that was frivolous and silly, something that would I would be happy doing just to be there, but something that would actually inspire me and Mm-hmm. be a really good fit so if anybody's listening please <laughs> anybody has any connections for joe you know where yeah. to find him uh <laughs> so if you're not an apple user we've got you covered as well you can find our shows on google podcast stitcher TuneIn, spreaker soundcloud youtube in most third-party apps and you can stream and download the mp3 file from our website or grab the rss link we'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show and there are many ways for you to do that the best place to join in the larger conversation is the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook and it should come right up. If you'd like to send us an email, you can use the form on our website at trek.fm contact. Choose to send to a show and select Earl Grey. That will come right to us and we might read your email on the show. You can also find the network on Twitter and Instagram at TrekFM and on Facebook at facebook.com slash TrekFM. So, Joe, where can people find you when you are not being the assistant to the composer of Star Trek? Oh, do you know what? I think if I was doing that, you wouldn't be able to find me anywhere because it would just, I'd just be like composing orchestral music, which I've tried in the past. It's super difficult to get it to sound the way it sounds on TV, which is always a bit disheartening. But um, yeah, I'd give it a hell of a good um, shot. So when you when I'm not doing that, you can get me on the Babel Conference on Facebook. You can tweet me on Twitter at joeyjoe77uk or you can email me, joepodcasts at gmail.com. And Justin, where can people contact you when you're not undeleting all your favorite scenes? Yeah, give me all of the scenes. Undelete them all. I want to see what that looks like. Uh, Well, you can find me elsewhere on the network co-hosting The Line. That's our Star Trek Picard podcast that I uh, co-host with my friends Chrissy DeClerc-Zalagi and Brandon Shea-Matala. We are starting to get into talking about these episodes, which is so exciting, and we will have episodes drop after each of the episodes of Star Trek Picard. And by the time you hear this, we'll have already put one out about the short that ties into Picard that's called Children of Mars. We had a great discussion on that. Um, You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at TrekFan4747, where I tweet about nothing but Star Trek, and where, I don't know, maybe I'll start tweeting about my directing fantasies, maybe. Uh, And you can also find me hanging around the Babel Conference on Facebook. So Amy, where can people contact you when you're not editing episodes to put in the things that you want and take out the things that you don't want and then posting them up online for people to see how the next generation should actually have been. (laughs) Well, it seems like I'm going to be doing that a lot. That's a lot long process there. (laughs) I mean, we've, we've gotten uh, permission from CBS for you to access, you know, the original material to do that. So, uh, okay. You you got your task. (laughs) Okay. Well, you can find me on a new podcast called All Good Things, and that is over on 
United Federation of Podcast Network. And uh, that's talking all Star Trek, all good things, as the title says. You can find me on Twitter at Miss Amy Nelson, and you can find me right here in the Babel Conference. And listeners, you should be listening to All Good Things if you haven't already. Go ahead and subscribe. You'll really enjoy it. Uh, and hearing Amy and Patrick Devlin talk about all things Star Trek. Thank you. <laughs> if you'd like to help us keep all our shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron of the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash trekfm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm to get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more, available through our special patrons' website, PatronZone. It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. We'd like to take this opportunity to recognize our current associate producers, Norman Lau, Michael Huter, Thomas Appel, Chris Trebuzio, Jim McMahon, Joe Keegan, and Justin Ozer. Thank you for supporting Trek FM and especially Earl Grey. So join us next time for another cup of Earl Grey. Give me back my deleted scenes. Let us begin the real work today that will establish a long and just peace. Great joy and gratitude. Thank you.